Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Rather than focusing on our circumstances, maturity chooses to focus on what God can do in the midst of our circumstances. As we close our collection of talks, Mature Me, tune in for five different messages from leaders in our community, all centered around what the Mature Me will do in 2024. If you're local to the Miami area, join us next week for Baptism Sunday, happening across all four locations. We'd love to celebrate with you. Now let's lean into the message together. My name is Nick, and I have the honor and privilege to be a part of this incredible community. I love this church. I'm grateful for the opportunity to speak, and I honor the leadership of this house. Come on, let's put our hands together for Pastors Rich, Don Cherie, all the servant leaders of this community. It's incredible. The one thing the mature me will do in 2024 is declutter my mind. I believe that during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, which we call Pray First, we do it twice a year, it's our prayer and fasting journey, I feel like God really impressed upon my heart that I needed to walk in more clarity of mind. So I wanna talk to you for the next few minutes on the steps that I'm taking to declutter my mind so that my prayers may become more effective, my relationships may become more effective, my work and my job may become more effective, my serving may become more effective, come on, my life may become more effective. Is there anybody in this room that wants to declutter your mind today? Well, here's a quick checklist to know if your mind may be a little bit cluttered today, all right, you ready? You know your mind is cluttered when your mind is going a mile a minute. You aren't able to slow down your thoughts. Your mind isn't able to shut off and you can't fully relax. It's difficult to focus on anything else. You keep thinking about a problem that has been blown out of proportion and you are continually thinking of worst case scenarios. Did we pretty much cover everyone in the room right now? Got, got all of us, perfect. Well, the scriptures say in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now we're gonna learn a little bit of Greek today. The word sound mind, or that phrase, is the Greek term sophronismos, which is an admonishing or calling to soundness of mind to moderation and to self-control. So if we reread the scripture, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of moderation, and self-control. And I believe that today, as God's word goes forth, as the spirit of God is in this place and he's speaking to you, your mind might be racing, it might be filled with all kinds of thoughts. You may be cloudy. You may not be able to shut it off and relax in God's presence. But I believe that by God's power and by his spirit, as his word goes forth, we're going to be able to do that and walk in clarity of mind. So here's a quick checklist to know what living with a decluttered mind can look like for us. Say amen if you agree. You are aware of your thoughts and emotions. You practice self-compassion and kindness toward yourself. You have a growth mindset and are open to new opportunities. You appreciate the supportive network of people, come on, at VU, who uplift and inspire you. 
you feel empowered to take control of your life and achieve your God-given dreams. How many of you are looking forward to walking in clarity of mind and being able to possess these things? Everybody here in your home, you, you have that one drawer, right? That one drawer that's, it looks like a messy ace hardware, all kinds of stuff in there. Everything you need in life is in that one drawer. Babe, where are the batteries? I need AAA. Check the drawer. Hey, babe, where are the Q-tips? <laughs> Check the drawer. I learned that before asking my wife where anything is in the house, I need to check the drawer. And I'm happy to report to you that our drawer, that one drawer in 2024 has been decluttered, it is organized, and I am enjoying every second of it. Now, by the end of this month, it's gonna be all cluttered and messy again, but for right now, I am enjoying the moment. I had this thought that typically everything that I need in life is in my mind. It starts in my mind first. The decisions that I make, the thoughts that I allow into my mind, the reasoning that I am able to uh, practice, it all begins in my mind. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ, that Christ's mind as his children, as his son, and as his daughter, we have his mind in us. But often in this earth, as we face different distractions and we go through different seasons and our mind can get cluttered, it isn't always easy for me to find the right thoughts right away just like that drawer that I have to sometimes just scavenge through and sometimes get cut on some rusty blades and screwdrivers just to find what I need. Sometimes as we go through life with a cluttered mind, we're not able to access the right thoughts all the time because our minds are cluttered. And whatever it is that we may be thinking about, whether they are good thoughts, they could be negative, either way, it is impossible for us to walk in clarity of mind when our mind is cluttered. And it's time for me, and maybe this may be helpful to some of you in this room today, that we begin to walk in 2024 in clarity of mind. And if there was one prescription that I had to give you today with the few minutes that I have in order to receive something that you can walk away with today, it would be the same prescription that the Apostle Paul gave to the church in Rome almost 2,000 years ago. And it's found in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse two. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's good and perfect will is. We need to make sure that we aren't conforming ourselves to the pattern of our thoughts, that any old thoughts that enters our brain, that we don't entertain it and begin a cycle, a vicious cycle of continually thinking over the same thing over and over again. We need to, as the scriptures say in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul again says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will pray with focus. I will pray with intention. I will pray knowing that God is listening. Amen? Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says, you keep him and her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Lastly today, Colossians chapter 3 verse 2 says, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Come on, if you believe that today, make some noise. Yeah. 
That was good. Hi guys, I am Jerry and I serve here on team at VU and the one thing that the mature me will do in 2024 is walk in the resurrection power that is in me. See, growing up, I heard this statement a lot in every service and every prayer meeting and especially on Easter Sunday. Romans 8 um, verse 11 says, the power that resurrected Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And to be fully honest, I really didn't grasp the totality of what that meant until I was in my 30s. I'm a wife to that handsome man that just spoke, uh, a mom of two beautiful children, and in the last three years, a business owner. And uh, my life wasn't as beautiful as, as it is right now, um, for, you know, since I can remember. To give you a little bit about me, I lost my dad when I was a little girl at the age of eight, and that trauma brought a lot of heartache and dysfunction to our home. And um, years after his passing, I was very depressed and very troubled as a teenager. But at the age of 17, I gave my life to Jesus. Amen. But if we were gonna go back to what Paul writes, you know, he says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us. If you turn to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within you. Amen, right? So if you can highlight that word, at work. If you were to define at work, it means doing their job, constantly doing a particular activity. So does this mean that this power that resurrected Jesus from the dead is at work in you constantly? Yes, it is. To give you a little perspective, Paul writes these words in a Roman prison cell. That makes the, the, the promise a little bit more powerful in my opinion. It's probably a dark, cold room, chained up, you know, probably didn't look really nice in there. The vibes were not there to be, to be writing this. But, and to be fully honest, he really didn't see all that, that was gonna take place. He didn't see the millions that were gonna be impacted by his ministry. He didn't see the, the Church of Christ transforming in his lifetime, lifetime, but he knew that the power was at work. Our lives might look a little bit unimpressive, just like Paul's did at that time when he was writing that. But look at what God did through Paul's ministry. Paul assures us that whatever happens in our lives, in that chapter in Romans 8, whatever challenges we face, God would absolutely fulfill his purpose for us and his promise to us, amen? The same power that did that for Paul is at work in you right now. Like I mentioned earlier, when I first began walking with Jesus at the age of 17, my circumstances didn't change right away. My surroundings were pretty much the same for a long time, um, but the power was still at work, you see? I didn't see it, I didn't feel it at times, but the power was still at work. If I look around now and I look behind me and I look just everything that God has done in my life, I can see that the power was at work all those years. I can see how much he's blessed me and I am overjoyed by his faithfulness, amen? pages got stuck. <laughs> okay, Jerry, but you're saying, okay, you've been walking in this power, you know, you've, you've walked in the power of the resurrection that is in you, um, so your life is perfect and beautiful right now. No, I'm not saying that. It is, I am blessed, and, and it is beautiful, but doesn't mean that I don't fall short right now. The current Jerry still falls short of walking in the resurrection power that is in her. 
You see, this revelation came in my 30s, but with that, new giants came in my 30s. Um, in the last few years, I've had to deal with anxiety, and it's a type of anxiety that sometimes like um, cripples you and you can't breathe. And when you're going through it, you feel so defeated. You feel like, if I am a child of God, why am I going through this right now? But you know what? I am reminded of that promise that Paul wrote out for us. I don't know if anyone can relate, but I know that God is not done with me. I am a child of God. Amen. And I am reminded that, and, and I confess it every day, Jerry, the power is in you and the power that resurrected Jesus from the dead is at work in you. You are not done. Jesus is not done with you. Amen. For me, the power means two things. The power means the power to overcome. The same power that raised him from the dead is the, is the power to overcome every joyless situation, is to have joy in moments of joyless, is to have peace in moments of chaos, is to have, um, you know, just uh, hope in moments of hopelessness. It is the power to overcome every situation. But it's also the power to overlook. The resurrection power is the power to overlook my past, my mistakes, my failures, my dysfunction, my depression. When I look back and I see all that he has done, I'm not talking about denying it like it never happened. I'm just saying uh, overlook is the fail to notice. I am failing to notice what once labeled me or controlled me. I'm here to say, Maybe you've been walking with God a long time. Maybe you've been walking with God a few years. Um, the power of God, the power that resurrected Jesus from the dead is at work in you. And it will be in you for the rest of your life. Maybe the miracle's still not here. Maybe the miracle's still unfolding. Maybe you won't get to see the totality of the miracle in this lifetime. But rest assured that that power is at work. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, I want to wrap up with this. It says, not that, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. This motivates me to pray like Paul, that I may be see and how good and generous God is, that I may, I pray, God, let me see my life through your perspective, not through mine. No power, no human, no past life can compare to the amazing plan that God has for you. Amen? What a word. Good morning, Boo Church. It's an honor to be here with you guys this morning. My name is Guido, and my wife and I get to serve here at the South Miami location. The one thing the mature me will do in 2024 is train to be the fittest version of myself. I'll say it again. Yeah, I'm going to train to be the fittest version of myself. Some of you guys who know me are looking at me like, is this guy serious? I mean, weren't you like doing push-ups when you were two years old? Um, I was. I did my first push-up at two years old, maybe a little younger. Um, and I have achieved some pretty cool things as it relates to fitness. I played college football a little, little professionally as well. Uh, competed at the CrossFit Games three times. But you know what? I'm really inspired by our pastoral team running marathons. It's time to level up. Let's give it up for our pastoral team training the way they do, right? It uh, says a lot about them. But if I'm being honest, uh, uh, the type of fitness that God is calling me into in this season of life is not physical. It's a spiritual fitness. And he shared with me this it, almost before the new year. He said, Guido, 
I, I believe that I have a championship year for you. I almost visualized a trophy. And he said, every area of your life, I'm going to open up the doors and you will have a championship essence to everything that you touch in your marriage, even though it doesn't always look like it, if you're in your business, when it doesn't feel like it, in your community, in your relationships, everything. This is a championship year for you. But he said, I need you to do one thing. I need you to train like a champion. I need you to train with that same devotion, with that same commitment, with that same tenacity, with that same obsession to be like me. And so when I was asked to have the honor to speak in front of you and said, hey, what's the one thing the mature you is going to do? Um, I started to reverse engineer the question and said, okay, well, what are the areas of my life that I have immaturities in? And I started, of course, um, if you're not married, just go to your wife and she'll tell you real quick. And uh, <laughs> they were revealed very quickly. <laughs> defensiveness, uh, lack of ability to connect sometimes. Um, the list goes on and on, and so I'm not going to talk about marriage right now. I'm going to talk about how God is speaking into my life and our lives and saying, you wanted to be better at all these things in your business where you may lack patience in your health, where you maybe procrastinate things. He said, let me remind you of a verse because I started to become quite overwhelmed. And really, I was like, I don't know if I can do this because I'm immature in so many ways. He said, hold on. Colossians 3, 2 says, therefore, since you have been raised with Christ, strive for things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So my mind was so fixated on all the things that I do and the hats that I wear. But God is saying, just put your mind on me. Put your mind on me and I will transform your whole life. He, he then shared to me this kind of iteration where, um, you know, I, I do some sales from time to time. And, and I believe that if we create an irresistible offer for someone, that they just can't say no, right? I mean, I have a gym. And if I said, hey, if you just come to the gym and you buy one water bottle every single day, um, I'm going to give you a free membership. I'm going to give you free food and maybe even a free massage, you're like, dude, sign me up. I'm going every single day, right? Just for the price of a water bottle. This is what God is saying here in 1 Timothy 4.8. He says, for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. Not some things. All things holding promise both in the present life and the life to come. Basically saying train in one area of your life and I'm going to bless you in every area of your life. Where are the people who are like, buy one, get one free, and you're like, I'm on it. Buy one, get one free, or the buy one, get free? Yeah, I'm, I'm not that guy, but, but God has an actual better deal for you. He says, buy one, get everything free. Hold up, you think that's good? He says, buy one, get everything free for eternity. For eternity, he says it, in the present life and the life to come. There's a ripple effect, guys. So if you're ready to sign up and train with me in 2024, let me hear you. Yeah? All right. I call this part, it's time to grind. Rise and grind, right? So there is work that's required. And sometimes that word work in the Christian faith can be like, hey, that's not how we do things. And you're right. We don't have to do anything to receive his salvation, but just accept him into our heart. And he will transform us. And we live with him forever. However, to become more like Christ... There is some work. There, there is some onus on us where we need to put our best foot forward, right? So I believe in this. If you're serious about anything, the mature commitment puts first things first. 
I'll say that one more time. If you're truly committed to something, the mature commitment, you put first things first. For example, a lot of people, they want to, hey, we get, I want to get healthy, but I got this, I got that, I got, I would say, hey, man, first things first, can you just wake up a little earlier? Oh, I'm not a morning person. I mean, maybe you're not that serious about it, right? So if we're looking at our life right now, we're like, I just don't have time to pray. I just don't have time to read the Bible. God says this in Matthew 6.33. He wants to give it all to you, but he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all this will be added unto you. See, a lot of times we try to fix all our horizontal issues in life, our marriage, our business, our relationships, but really the problem is not horizontal, it's vertical. God just wants you. He wants to purify our hearts. He wants to renew our minds. He wants to change us to make us look into the person that he created us to be, which is just like him. And so what does this work look like? What, how, how do we train for this, right? Because when I think about training, I get excited. Oh, I want to be faster. I want to be stronger. I want to be more enduring. It's really easy to see that. What does that even look like? You know, we'll just look at the fruits of the Spirit, where you would overflow and you'd be full of love, full of joy, full of peace, full of patience, full of kindness, full of goodness, full of faithfulness, full of gentleness, full of self-control. Who wants to be full of the fruits of the Spirit where you're just overflowing? That excites me. It energizes me. And so it's quite simple, training, fitness, why simple? You show up to the gym, right? You eat good food, you rest, it's simple, but what? It's not easy. But I got good news for you because in 2 Peter verse 3, it says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. Who's excited to have everything you need to live a godly life? You don't need to be overwhelmed. Because I can write out a script for you on everything you need to do to be the fittest version of yourself physically. And there are some phys uh, spiritual disciplines where we pray, where we read the Bible, where we can fast, and we can do all of these things that will help us. And sometimes, I'll be honest, it feels quite overwhelming. And if that's you and you're like, you know, I'm ready to train, but I'm a little overwhelmed by all the list of spiritual disciplines. I don't even know where to start. I would tell you the same thing I tell a new member at my gym. I'd say, hey, man, just show up. Just show up. You just show up. Don't worry about what you're going to do. Don't worry about how you feel that morning. Seek first. Put it first in your life. Show up. Give your time to the Lord. And he, he will make a way to continue to transform you and make you look more like him. And every area of your life will be blessed. So guys, if you're excited to train your spirit and look more like Jesus in 2024, let's hear it. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. What an honor to be up here with such incredible communicators. I, I don't know how I'm going to follow that, but I'm going to try. Hi, guys. My name is Mal. I get to serve in our programming space here at VU. And the one thing that the mature me will do in 2024 is focus on his glory. My message comes from Romans 8:18. I consider that the present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Romans 8, 18 is one of my favorite scriptures. It's been a verse that's helped me through situations in my life. And Paul uses this beautiful illustration of a mother in labor to bring a light, a scripture that I really heard growing, heard growing up all the time because I'm a church kid. But I only had context to the scripture in June 2020. In June 2020 marked one of the most difficult seasons of my life. I was diagnosed with PTSD, a family member that was really close to me passed away, 
Friends that I thought were really close to me were betraying me. Things were just going wrong. I was on medication. I was physically losing all the strength that I had. And I was really in an intense battle of anxiety, depression, and loneliness. And I started to doubt God. But in that season, I had to make a choice on what to focus on, either my current circumstance or what God can do through my circumstance. And you think that going through that, I could face anything, right? Well, this verse was put into context a second time for me for the last couple of months of my life have actually put me in that same situation, doubting the goodness of God. I've been in a back and forth battle physically, my anxiety's been acting up, and things that I didn't even know could go wrong were going wrong. And again, the same lies that the enemy was trying to implant in me then he was using now, and I had to choose what to focus on. And intellectually, I knew that I could get to the other side, but I couldn't convince myself to see the good and I almost gave up on myself and ultimately the plan that God had and the purpose on my life. And suffering, it sounds like a big, strong, biblical world and you may not really have context to it, but it really just looks like somebody coming up against you in your job. It really looks like your marriage is kind of falling apart. It really looks like sitting in this room wondering, can God use someone as broken, as, as useless as me? And in those seasons, there are these voices in our head that are telling us all the reasons why we should end it here. Maybe I'm not fit to carry this gift. Maybe it's too risky to deliver the thing that God has been painfully preparing in me. Maybe the promise isn't just worth the suffering to carry this to full term. We start doubting the goodness of God when we start thinking more about our suffering and less about his glory. Why? Because the devil can't take your calling, but he can't change your focus. If he could only make you think about your problems more than the promise, you'll want to give up. But the mature me will look the devil in his face and say, I will not let my circumstance define my sovereignty. I will not bow. I will not give in. I will not let the sickness end in spiritual death. I will not anxiety rob me of my mind. I will not let this relationship define who I am. I'm too focused on glory. I'm too focused on my assignment. I'm too focused on my victory. I'm too focused on my healing. I will not lose sight of glory. And while I was studying for today, I got a text a couple weeks ago from a friend that's going through a situation that's very in line with what I thought that God was speaking to me for our church today. So I thought that I would read you a portion of my response. I fully believe this for you. He's coming up against you again. Same tactics, same reason to reduce you, make you feel inferior, not good enough, angry and alone. But that is proof that God will not only bring you through it again, but the version of you that will come out of this will be the best version yet. Mature and complete, not lacking anything. Don't abort the plan, you're in labor. The glory that will be revealed through this cannot compare to this present moment. I fully believe this for someone in the room or someone online today. You're in labor. 
what God's getting ready to do with you will blow your mind. Don't abort it. Don't stop it. The plan that is on your life, it cannot compare to anything that you are going through. He's preparing you for what he's prepared for you. And like any good father, he's in the delivery room with you. And he's holding your hand. And he's wiping the sweat off your face. And he's telling you, push through. Push through. Because he knows that there's something buried deep down on the inside of you. And if you would only focus on the very thing that you've been praying for, that you've been seeking the face of God for, that you've been coming up against the enemy for, you will not quit. Do not lose sight of glory. Your present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in you. I'm gonna say that one more time. Your present sufferings, what you're going through right now, your pain, your hardship, your heartbreak, your anxiety, your depression, your sickness, whatever it is, it's not worth comparing to the glory that would be revealed in you. The scripture puts it in another way, the pain that you're experiencing, it cannot compare to the joy that is coming. So don't give up. Don't stop pursuing your purpose. Don't stop showing up to crew. Don't stop getting people to keep you accountable. Don't stop coming to service. Don't stop serving. Don't stop giving. Don't stop pursuing your purpose and never take your focus off glory. If you believe that today, would you get some noise? Wow, I gotta follow that. Adrian, I told you last year, put me first, and you put me last. That's crazy. But uh, good morning, Voo Church. My name is LT, and I serve on the prayer team here at SOMI. And uh, the one thing that mature me will do in 2024 is learn the levels of patience. And Guido, I asked my wife, what should I preach on? She immediately said, patience. <laughs> that was it right there, right? And let me start by saying I think that patience is one of the single hardest things for us to maintain in the natural. All right, I ask you to believe that it's natural for us, for us as human beings to be impatient. And some of y'all know me, some of you don't. If you know me, you know that this time last year, my life looked a lot differently than it does today. This time last year, I was engaged. And actually, next month is my first ever wedding anniversary. And if we talking about impatient, y'all, I was engaged for just two months. I couldn't wait any longer than that, right? And then in April, I found out I was gonna be a dad. <laughs> Come on now. So that means that we were married for just one month before we got pregnant. Now listen, that wasn't necessarily our plan. God made it happen that way. I'm gonna say God wasn't waiting, but I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him because 
Fast forward to the end of 2023, December 5th, my baby boy entered into this world. Now, I've only been a dad a couple months, so I'm by no means an expert in this field. I'm definitely still learning, but I've definitely learned a lot already. And any parents in the room can attest to this, that when your baby wants something, they want it immediately. And they're going to let you know in the worst way possible. <laughs> by screaming and crying, screaming and crying, screaming and crying. Right, and the problem with that is, you know they want something, but you still don't know what they want. And having a son has actually taught me and showed me that it's in our nature to be impatient. Because as babies, we naturally want what we want when we want it, and we get upset if we don't get it. And I'll be honest, when my son is crying at times and I just can't figure out what he wants, I grow impatient. And my impatience, it tends to give way to frustration, and it often bleeds into other areas of my life. Right, once I get frustrated with one thing, it's not hard to find something else to get frustrated with. Next thing I know, I'm frustrated with everything and I'm taking it out of all the different people in my life. But it all stems from impatience. Maybe you've been there before. You might even find yourself there right now. I want to help you understand what I've come to understand and that is that the reason we can't maintain patience in the natural is because patience isn't natural at all. It's supernatural. It says it right there in Galatians 5, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So patience is a fruit of the Spirit. It's supernatural. If we're not careful, we allow ourselves to get frustrated with something we don't naturally have. Right? Patience is not something we can obtain within ourselves. No, you have to actually allow the Spirit of the living God to come inside of you and develop patience inside of you. And something I've learned over these last couple months is that without patience, I can't raise my son to be the mighty man of God I already know he's called to be. I can't build a household the way God called me to if I lack patience. Now, I can have all the vision in the world for it, but I'll never be able to see it through. In just two months of being a father, I've gained a whole new perspective on patience. Now, how many of us, how many of us in the room know that there's levels to this journey with Jesus? All right, I've been walking with him for some time now, and I thought I gained patience until I got married and had a son. <laughs> Listen, to all the soon-to-be-married couples in the room, that marriage is going to test your patience. To all the people looking to have kids, them kids going to test your patience. Hey, look, I thought I had it, y'all, until 4 a.m. hit, and my son is crying, and he won't stop, but then he stops, but he won't go to sleep. Then he goes to sleep. Then the moment I put him down, them eyes open up again, and the cycle starts all over. Yo! Yo, I quickly realized, y'all, patience, I ain't got it. I ain't got it. There is more to this thing. I didn't even fully understand patience before, and I still don't. But I tell you this, I've learned that patience is not just about waiting. It's about enduring. Scripture says in James 1, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's the New King James Version. The New Living Translation reads this way. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. And I don't know about y'all, but I want to be what this verse is describing. 
perfect, complete, lacking nothing. And I don't even know if it's possible on this side of heaven, but if it is, is there anybody in the room today that can stand on it? If it is, anybody that's willing to say, God, if it is possible, I'm willing to go through whatever it is I got to go through for as long as I got to go through it, no matter how difficult it might be, because I know I'm coming out on the other side, perfect, complete, lacking nothing. If that's you, can you make a little bit of noise? If you see yourself getting where God is calling you, can you make a little bit of noise in the room today? Come on now. And maybe, maybe that's not you today. Maybe you're in the room and you're saying, LT, I've been patient. LT, I've been enduring. And honestly, man, I don't know how much more I got in me. Let me tell you this. I think that one of the greatest signs of maturity is when you humble yourself to the point where you accept that you ain't got it. Somebody say, I ain't got it. I ain't got it, but God does. And God has not allowed you to go through what you've been going through for no reason. There's a purpose to it. He's producing something inside of you. Hebrews 10.35 reads, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. I'm going to read it again. You missed it. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised for in just a little while. Somebody say a little while. The coming one will come and not delay. Understand this today. God is preparing you for what he has prepared for you. He is producing in you what you need to do what he has called you to. Now, I know what I'm called to in this season, and God has been producing some things. He's producing a father and a husband, most importantly. He's producing a man worthy of leading a household. Let me ask you, what is he producing in you? What is he producing in you? I know you're frustrated today. I know you came in here, you on your last leg, you don't know what you're gonna do. Right, but understand that that frustration is just a distraction. Right, we can't allow our frustration to be greater than our vision. Right, because the enemy wants to use that frustration that was birthed out of impatience to get you to quit, to get you to forfeit the promises of God on your life. Right, understand, that's his whole bag. He don't got much more than that. He wants to distract you so he can strip you of what God has already given you. But I came to remind somebody in this place today that you ain't hold on this long to give up now. You ain't been in the game this long to throw in the towel now. You ain't trust God this long to quit on him now. Understand, on the other side of your patient endurance, there is a promise. There is a promise God wants to give you all that he has for you and he has plans for you. He has so much in store for you, but you got to hold on. It says it for in just a little while, in just a little while, on the other side of the weight, on the other side of the enduring, on the other side of the heartache, whatever it might be, he has something for you. He set it aside specifically for you. And if you will hold on for it, in just a little while, you will step into all that God has for you. Amen, if you believe that today. Come on. All across this room, can we stand to our feet? Can we just make a little bit of noise for these amazing speakers that allow God to flow through them today? Come on. Thank you. Now, can we give God a shout of praise? If you were minister to today, if he spoke to you today, if he might have opened your eyes, if he broke some chains off you today, give him a little bit more. We talking about the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Come on now. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to get ready to go back into another moment of worship, but before we do, we're going to pray. And as we pray, I ask you, begin to speak life over your situation. I don't know what you walked in here with, but God brought you in the room for a reason. I understand that. So begin to speak life into your season, right? This is not the end. God has so much more for you. I'm going to pray over you, but I want you to pray over yourself. Talk to him. Don't let me talk alone. 
All right, so let's do this. Dear God, we come here in prayer and we say thank you for what it is that you've done here today. We thank you for who you brought in the room and we understand that whatever it is you purpose for them, it is going forward. That you have so much in store for your children, Lord. And we say thank you, Father God, that the work has just begun. The work has not ended, Father God. We pray, Lord, that you will have your way in our hearts and our minds and our souls. And we thank you, Father God, for just all that you've spoken today, for the amazing individuals that you spoke through and the amazing individuals that you spoke to. Continue to do what only it is that you can do on this day. And in Jesus' name, we declare, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present. And I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps on your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you.